very first edition of Inside the Tribe. I'm Billy Stevens. Uh, I am the Irwin County football team and other team chaplain. Love being a part of the Irwin County community. And my co-host is none other than Bill Bars, our Irwin County assistant chief of police and longtime sideline reporter. Bill, good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Good to get this thing started. Uh, you know, when you when you brought this up to start with, um, you know, obviously we were on board from the get go, and um, I, I think it's going to be a great thing for for our athletics, for our school, um, and for our community to uh, to keep everybody informed on what's going on and fill in between Friday nights and Thursday nights and basketball and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. One thing that we know about you Irwin County folks is you love your kids and you love your athletics. That's the inspiration behind this podcast. So let me tell you just real quick about why we're doing this. Bill already referenced it. Of course, we're going to talk about all Irwin County athletics. We're going to help you get ready for football season, softball season, baseball season, basketball season, all seasons, wrestling. Uh, I mean, you name it, we're going to cover it. But we also want to help keep the community informed on things that might be going on in the school system, whether it be, don't forget, there's a holiday this week. Don't forget, it's Teacher's Planning Day. Don't forget, there are other games coming up. So we're going to try to just help you stay informed and out in front of what's going on in our community. And we hope that this will be a resource for people to stay informed. And not only that, but, you know, we like to... uh we like to, to keep up with our, our student athletes in the classroom also, um, you know, and what they've got going on there. So, um, you know, this is going to be kind of an all things Irwin County schools. Yeah. Um, and not only high schools, elementary school, um, you know, and, and just anything else that, uh, that we can uh, get our student athletes, get their names out there, get them, get them uh, their names heard. Uh, and, you know, recognize them because they, uh, they're a student before they're an athlete. That's right. So, um, you know, and not only that, but our teachers, our teachers, our administration, yeah. um, and all that. So I'm, I'm fired up and ready to go with this thing. Me too. And again, as Bill said, we're going to have some interviews throughout the season with some of our coaches. We're going to allow you to hear from some of them. As a matter of fact, next week, we're going to have coach Soliday on to help us kick off the season. We're also going to have some of our other coaches, coaches on. We're going to have, hopefully, throughout uh, each and every week, players of the week that are named by the coaches. We hope to have some coaches from all the other sports on and maybe even some of our administration. Who knows? But we hope, again, this will be a great resource for you. Well, to kick us off, one of the things that we want to do every week as we get started is we want to give you a word for the week. In Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 27, Jesus said, Whoever hears my words and does them is like a wise man who built his house on a solid foundation. He said, The rains fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, but it didn't fall because it was built on a solid foundation. He would go on to say, Whoever hears my words and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains fell, floods came, winds blew, beat against the house, and it fell. Then he says this, And great was the fall of it. One of the greatest self-deceptions, I believe, Bill, as a Christian, is to somehow identify ourselves, that we would identify ourselves as followers of Jesus. Well, how do we follow Jesus today? He's not here in physical form, so how do we follow Jesus? We follow Jesus today by 
following his word. And so one of the great self-deceptions of Christians today, I think, is identifying ourselves as followers of Jesus while not following his word. So just as an encouragement to people who may be listening, if you find yourself where life feels a little stormy and you feel like your house is shaken, your, your life feels like it's falling apart, there's a place where you can go to find solid footing and to begin to build your life back again, and it's on the words of Jesus. You know, I've, you say that, and it makes me think. Um, I remember a discussion many years ago that I had with my mom. And I asked her, I said, you know, over time, um, parents, comparing parents and children, I said, you know, your parents were, were harder on you than you are on me. You know, I probably won't be as hard on my kids as you were on me. And it kind of goes down the line. And I said, well, what about God? Is he that way? No. He's one and the same forever. That's right. Today, tomorrow, he's a hundred years ago, a hundred years from now. Um, and, and, you know, that's that's one of the things that <clears throat> you have to put your your faith and your trust in. Is It's never changing. It's consistent. And, um, you know, there, there there's many times that, that we myself included, uh, have built their house on that sand. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's nothing like a good wake-up call to, uh, hey, you build it on sand, it's going to get knocked down, I'm going to knock it down. You know where to build it back. Amen. Yeah, there's always the grace of God that we can come back and begin to rebuild again on a place where we know we That's got right. a solid foundation. That's right. All right, well, good word. Hope that helps somebody today. Uh, we're going to transition now into... What's coming up this week, Bill? What do we got? Well, you got a Thursday uh, out at the high school teacher parking lot, which is out in the front of the school, will be uh, the Meet the Indians. Um, that's an annual thing that they do before the season where uh, you get a chance to come out, meet the players, meet the coaches. But I think they're going to put a little twist on it this year. Um, and the school staff is actually going to be there. Uh, and when I say school staff, uh, you know, teachers, lunchroom people, uh, I'm not sure about the custodians. Um, administrators, all that. So it's going to be a chance um, for the community to come out to not only meet the football team, but meet uh, meet you know the administration and teachers from both or from all three schools: elementary school, middle school, and high school. Um, so that'll be this coming up Thursday, um, which I think is the 27th, um, That's right. uh, from 5 to 8 p.m. Um, my understanding is that there will be some food trucks there. Um, don't ask that in stone. That's just what I've heard on the street. Um, you know, I know there'll be different places, um, different uh, clubs that'll have tents set up there. I think our church, yeah. those little Baptists have a tent. Those little police department will be there with a tent. Of course, you know, we supply um, school resource officers to both schools. Um, so, so the police department will have a tent there. Um, the, uh, the South Central Drug Task Force, along with the sheriff's office, has been invited um, to be to get to, to meet them, so it's kind of like a community event um, where you get to meet you know a lot of people in your community. And then, of course, Friday, uh, the following day is the uh, red and white game, 7 p.m. out at Buddy Noble Stadium. Uh, don't have to pay to get in. The only thing you have to do is bring either washing detergent or a six or eight pack of Gatorade. Yeah, come on out this week, get to meet some of the. Great people of the Irwin County community. I think this is a great idea. Uh, 
congrats to uh, Coach Billingsley and the school board and the school administrations for having this idea. I think it's going to be a great thing for our uh, community. And don't forget to come out and check out the red and white game. See, see the new Indians as we get ready for a new season. Before we jump into this season, let's talk about, just for a minute, let's just talk about last season. And it was a great season. We, um, we, we, it didn't end the way exactly we wanted it to, but uh, it, it still nonetheless was a very successful football season by Coach Salabay and his coaching staff. Well, you know, we knew last year was the first season of the reclassification. Um, and uh, we knew coming into the season, you know, you look down in, in uh, GHSA Class A uh, Division One, which is where we were at, and uh, the private schools were back. Um, a lot of schools, uh, or several schools, I should say, that were double A, moved down to single A. Um, and so it put a lot of the old schools, or the ones that, that were in single A to start with, um, you know, kind of under the gun. And um, it was a good season. You know, one, one of the things I, I told Coach Soliday, because, uh, you know, I had a chance over the years in being out at the school as a resource officer um, to be around him, to be around Coach Nobles. Um, I was never out there when Coach Lindsey was there. But I had a chance, you know, during the off season to always be around them when they were making the schedules for the next year. Um, and, of course, the more consistent we got, the better we got, the harder it was to find games. And, um, you know, I, I told Coach Soliday, um the Rockmark game, which we'll get to in a few minutes, was, was like one of the last games that was added. Uh, and I, it come down to them, um, I want to say it was Eagles Landing High School. Um, I think uh, Chris County or the Americas won. They were kind of in the mix. And um, when, when the schedule was finalized, I told Coach Soliday, who is the athletic director who made the schedule, I said, look, I don't know who made the schedule. We're going to fire them after this. Um, but, you know, it, it was a tough schedule. Um, you look at it. Um, and we'll go down through it in a minute with how many playoff teams were on the schedule <clears throat> and actually how deep those teams went into the playoffs. Um, but uh, it was it, heartbreaking in. But, you know, at the end of it, yes, I was disappointed. But at the same time, Swainsboro had a moment that we had had in the past several times. Um, maybe not in the same fashion with the game-winning field goal, but um, you know, it was just their time. Yeah. Well, with that said, let's uh, talk real briefly, just real brief about the games last year. We kicked off the season as we will again this year with Fitzgerald. That was a heartbreaker. <laughs> we invent new ways, it seems like, to shoot ourselves in the foot every year with them. Give credit to them, not taking anything away from them. Obviously, very extremely talented team. And it, it, I think we, we had some turnovers. One that really on the what first and goal on the one yard line would have iced the game. Unfortunately, had a turnover right there. Um, yeah, that, that Fitzgerald game is just a tough one. It, it is, and you know, I, I think that um, for a long time the rivalry, the Fitzgerald rivalry, 
which used to be really heated, kind of, uh, kind of went away because Fitzgerald was so dominant for so many years um, when Coach Pruitt was at, Robbie Pruitt was there. Um, and then over the last few years, of course, we beat them um, back-to-back years. I think it was 18 and 19. Um, and uh, so that kind of brought a little bit of the teeth, if you want to put it that way, back into the rivalry. Um, and, and since then, it's been, you know, nip and tuck the last couple of years. Um, we've had our opportunities to win the game. Um, but, but it just had not pan out. Like I said, give them credit. I mean, good teams find ways to win. That's right. I mean, we've done it. They did it. Um, it just. When they had to make plays, they made plays. They, they, they did. They made plays. But, you know, this is a whole, whole new year. And, um, you know, it's interesting to see what chapter will be written this year on this game. Well, and why don't we do that? Why don't we just go, as we go down the schedule, since it's the same schedule, with the exception of we will actually hopefully get to play Swainsboro regular season this year. Last year got canceled <clears throat> due to a, a storm, I think. Right. But that was, so last year, final 28-20. Let's talk about this year. Fitzgerald is coming back, and I, I, I think they're, I think they're just, still loaded I think they're gonna yeah um you know I was talking to a guy the other day from Fitzgerald um one of their big question marks is gonna be at quarterback um you know the uh the Cooper kid they had graduated um the Martin kid who was kind of waiting in the wings transferred to Tifton so quarterback uh skill position I think is another big question mark not only quarterback but skill position um I think they're really high on their lines of scrimmage uh, my understanding is they're probably as big this year as they've ever been. Um, you know, and with the offense that they run, that single wing, it's just it's like rugby. You know, just lean on them, lean on them, lean on them. Yep. Um, and uh, so, you know, Fitzgerald, again, like every year, they'll, they'll do very well. Yeah. I believe that, too. Uh, last year, we had well, we we'll get them at home this year. That'll be right. It will be here. Yeah, it'll be home. We will have <laughs> to go on the road this year to Dooley. But last year we had them at home, forty-eight to six win. You know, Dooley. Um, <clears throat> Dooley was one of those teams when we played them. Um, traditionally, Dooley a lot of athletes on the field, um, super athletic team. And when we played them, I was like, yeah, you know, this don't look like the Dooley that I'm used to seeing. And <clears throat> now granted, we did jump on them early. We scored, kicked off, they fumbled. We uh, either picked up and run it in or either recovered it and scored the next play or two. And you know, before you could blink an eye, it was like 21 to nothing. Dooley winds up coming back and going deep in the playoffs. Um, and uh, so, you know, they, they've got a, the, the coach that they've got it there now, last year was his first year. Um, they've done a lot of renovations up there in the Grove. I think now they have artificial turf um, that they come and put in. So, you know, Dooley, I look for, I don't know what they bring back versus, you know, what they lost. But um, Dooley's just one of those wild cards. You never know what you're going to get out of them. Yeah. And the fact that they, like you pointed out, they did hit their stride towards the end of the season. I'm like you. I don't know what they have coming back. We'll get into a deeper dive, by the way, on each of these games leading up to the week of the game. But we'll, we'll unpack that. But sometimes when you have a young team, you see that. And maybe they did have a young team last year where they started peaking towards the end of the season. Last year, we went to Turner County. 
This year they will come here. Last year was a 41-7 win for Irwin County over Turner. You know, Turner, of course, Coach Simmons, our former defensive coordinator, the head coach over there, his second stint. His first stint, very successful. Uh, went to the playoffs two years. And, um, you know, last year uh, it was kind of a punch-counterpunch for the first few minutes of the game. Um, and then Ronnie Sanders broke off a long run uh, that put us up, and we kind of cruised from there. Um, but, uh, you know, over the last few years, uh, Turner's made some playoff runs. Um, as a matter of fact, year before last, um, under a different head coach, um, you know, they went over to Dublin, beat Dublin in the playoffs, um, went up to Bowden, beat Bowden in the playoffs. And uh, so Turner's kind of like Dooley. I mean, always athletic, um, have their up and down years. I, I have heard um, through some people over there that they're really thin on numbers this year. Um, you know, I don't know if it's just they graduated a lot of people, not a lot coming back. Um, you know, Coach Simmons is a is a disciplinarian type guy. Um, so, and I knew that was something that, that when he went over there, they needed. Um, so I don't know if that's taken any effect on it, but uh, I, I look for Turner. Turner's going to put some athletes on the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. I still won't. I don't think I'll ever forget the, the kid that went to Florida State several years ago. I think it was the 2016 season. Made a one-handed grab, toe touch on the sideline. Yes. They got athletes like that. Yes. All over the place. Um, yeah, they're going to they're gonna be, they'll, they'll be a challenge if, uh, if, if we don't go in and play our our game. That's right. Last year we went to Rock Mart. <laughs> that was an interesting ball game. Beautiful facility, by oh, the yeah. way. I mean, yeah. just an incredible place. A very talented team. They had some guys on that team that were impressive. I remember specifically the fullback slash middle linebacker. He was tough. I could run. He could run. That was an interesting game. We had the probably 15, 20-minute delay when the lights went out at the start of the fourth quarter. Final there was 28 to 14. You know, first of all, that was one of those games that, you know, after it's over and you're, you're, you're getting dressed and getting the buses loaded back up and get ready to come home. And you look at Coach Soliday and say, why did you bring us all the way up here? Um, but it was, it was a good game. I thought uh, that game, Cody um, threw the ball really well. As a matter of fact, the passing game actually, I think, won us that game. Um, you know, uh, Rock Mart has an assistant coach, Ryan During, who's from here. Um, so it was good catching up with him. I hadn't seen him in quite a while. But, uh, you know, my understanding is Rock Mart was kind of young last year. Um, and <laughs> if they were young last year, man, I'm going to hate to see them this year because Fitzgerald actually put them out of the playoffs last year, I think, in the quarterfinals or semifinals. I can't remember. Um, and Fitzgerald beat them, I think it was in overtime as a matter of fact, um, either in overtime or right at the very end of the game. Um, but, uh, you know, Rock Mart always good. They dropped down from AAA. Last year was their first year in AA. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it was one of those iron sharpen iron games for us. Um, but, but, and it was somebody new. I like playing new people. Me too. I like going different places. I do too. Well, this year we'll get them at home, so we won't have to go back up there. But that'll be a good game. Looking forward to it. As you said, iron sharpening iron. This will be a great opportunity for our team to get better, play a really quality football team. Looking forward to that. 
Last year we went to Metter. No, they, we had them at home. We will go to Metter this year. Excuse me. Last year here we beat Metter thirty-eight to seven. A little bit surprised by the score. Yes, yeah, because you know last year we played them back in uh, that have been twenty twenty. We went over there and played them in the semifinals. Um, you know when we went over there that year they were. 13 and 0, 12 and 0, 14 and 0, whatever. I think they were ranked number one or they two. They were ranked number one, and, and, you know, that was their year. That was their team. That was their guys. Nobody was stopping them. And we've been over there and beat them by 34. Um, so the group, my understanding, the group that graduated last year was, was their group. That was the last year that they had them. So, you know, they bring them over. Of course, they run the wing tee. Um, with a little bit of spread read option mixed in with it. Um, and, um, and I was very surprised. Um, you know, defensively, I thought they were okay. Uh, offensively, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't think they were very good. Um, their quarterback was pretty sporty. You know, the only score they had was a read option play that he run for a touchdown. Um, but now Metter has a new coach. Um, coach Garvin left from over there. Um, and I cannot remember who the new head coach is. I know um, the reason I know that they have a new coach is during, uh, I'd say it was around Christmas time or right after Christmas time, John Lindsay, old coach uh, that used to be here over in Camden County now, uh, texted me and said, hey, tell me about Metter. And, um, you know, well, why do you want to know about Metter? Well, their, their head coach left and, I don't know if they had reached out to him or, or what. Um, so that's how I found out that their head coaching position was open. Um, but, uh, you know, beautiful facility over at Metter. Incredible facility. Beautiful facility. Um, everything right there together, softball, baseball, football field, artificial turf. Um, beautiful facility. So, um, you know, Metter's a little bit of an unknown. Had lost a lot of kids, plus a new coaching staff coming in. Um, a big unknown this year. Well, we will make the trip there come, that will be on uh, September 22nd, we make the trip out to Metter. Not on last year's schedule, again, because of the rain out, but we'll be on the schedule this year for September 29th. We will be making a trip to Swainsboro, a rematch of an incredible football game last year that, I'll be honest with you, Bill, that kid... <laughs> had not made a had not even come close to making a field goal in his what no, three? that was his that was his first attempt that was his first first attempt at a yeah, field goal yes but his extra points his extra points had not even been close right and it was his first quote unquote field goal attempt yes and drilled it absolutely looked like a professional yes. kicker out there split the uprights and unfortunately for us we were up 21-19, and that last-second field goal sent Swainsboro on to the state championship game. So we get a rematch this year. We've got uh, to go there and play them. But that'll be, an, that'll be a really great game. I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. You know, of course, Swainsboro coached by Scott Roberts. Scott from here. Um, actually, me and him went to school together, graduated together. His brother Luke's on the staff as a coach. Um, you know, Swainsboro, you know, I got to thinking, and, and I've asked kind of the opinions of, you know, after the semifinal game was over, you know, do we wish we would have played them during the regular season? Of course, you've got split decisions, yes, no. Um, but, uh, 
you know, they had the quarterback. Um, his name escapes me now. And then um, the guy that played receiver slash running back slash quarterback slash um, corner corner slash a little bit of everything who is actually committed to Georgia right now. Um, he'll be back this year. The quarterback graduated. Um, you know, I don't know what they lose as far as the rest of the rest of their team. But um, was he number one or number two? Uh, the one that will be back was number one. Okay. The tall, the taller guy. Is he the one that got hurt in the state championship yes. game? Yes. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, <sighs> Swainsboro was good. You know, I, I don't think their defense was that great to me. Um, we moved the ball up and down the field, but we shot ourselves in the foot several, several times, especially in the first half. Um, and they jump out to, in fact, the field goal is the only thing they scored the second half. Um, but you know, it was kind of one of those looking back now on offense, Hey, snap it to this guy and run this way. And if it don't pan out, just reverse field and run back the other way. And they scored a touchdown and had several long runs exactly like that. Um, and I told, uh, coach sermons, the defense coordinator, I said, look, whatever you've done this thing, I have you know, bottle it up and save it because it worked and we can use it again. But, um, and he said, you know, it's not really that big. We didn't make big, huge adjustments. It was just like, guys, stay at home. Just, just stay at home and do your thing. You have got to do that, especially with teams that have speed for days. And um, they definitely have that. Right. And, and, but, you know, Swain, and I take nothing away from Swainsboro. They were a good ball team. Right. Um, you know, but, uh, it'll be interesting this year. Um, you know, we, I told somebody the other day we were talking and I said, you know, our FTE count, for those who don't know, that's what, what the GHSA uses to put us in classifications was, um, somewhere in the four nineties. But then we have the multiplier because we have X number of students that are out of district. And so with that multiplier, that moves that 490 to, I think it was like 512 or something like right. that. Um, Swainsboro comes in with over 800 students, physically over 800 students. Um, that, that was one of those head scratchers as to how, yeah. you know, how they got down there. But regardless, um, you know, it, uh, I look for another good matchup this year. Um, of course, we've been to Swainsboro before. We played uh, in 2015. Um, we played ECI the semifinals on Swainsboro's field because of some flooding that they had on theirs. Um, old school facility. I like it. I like old school stuff. Old school facility, uh, kind of built down in a, in a valley, kind of, sort of. A little uh, bit like uh, Commerce, maybe? A uh, little bit like Commerce, concrete bleachers, unless they've replaced them. Um, but, uh, but, but I just, I, I like the nostalgia, the old, the old school type uh, facilities like they have there. I do too. I do too. Um, well, we, after taking on Swainsboro on September 29th, we'll have a week off and then we're at Pelham this year. Last year, we beat Pelham 49 to eight at home. Pelham's one of those teams that they're, they're very similar. It, it, it would seem to like a Turner County. They're, they're going to have athletes 
They're going to have guys on the field that can run. But you, sometimes you don't know. I mean, what are you, you going to get when they show up? And You know, we played Pelham, uh, what, back in 18, 18 or 19 um, here at home in the semifinals. Um, and I thought they were really good. Um, since then, their coaches left. Their coaches now at Mitchell County, Pinkins. Um, and um, so, you know, last year, I was kind of a little underwhelmed with them, expecting, you know, what I saw the last time out of them. Um, you know, that's just going to be a long ride over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we follow that up on October 20th. We're going <coughs> to we're going to get what has quickly become somewhat of a rivalry for us. Oh yeah. We get to have Brooks at home, but matter of fact, that will be this is an interesting and again, it's the way things scheduled out. It's the it's the struggle you referenced earlier to not getting teams on board with with playing us because we only have four region games, right? Mm -hmm. And three, three region games, because there's four teams in the region. So three region games. We, Coach Soliday has had a hard time getting people to schedule us. So we, from, listen to this, from, we have a home game against Rockmart on September 15th. From that point on, through the rest of the season, the last regular season game is November 3rd. Almost two months, we'll have one home game in that entire two-month stretch. That will be the game against Brooks. Last year, we went to Brooks, won that game 19-7. Very physical game. It was. You know, I was actually, I rewatched it. There's some guys down in Brooks that film it, I guess, on their phone or whatever, how they film it. And I was rewatching the game yesterday. And, um, you know, of course, Brooks quarterback, Went out, uh, I guess, middle third quarter to late third quarter. Leg um, injury, right? Leg injury. You know, the big thing was, oh, he got horse collared, and the and the the referees didn't call it, and so on and so forth. And and he actually did not get horse collared. Um, you know, he was running toward the sidelines, and one of our guys reached up and actually reached over his right shoulder, grabbed the shoulder pad, and pulled his shoulder pad, pulled his shoulders back, and and caused him to fall awkwardly um you know and we had a couple of breaks brooks uncharacteristically turned the ball over like three or four times that game um, one time for our last touchdown in the end zone um but you know coach freeman will have them ready coach oh, freeman's yeah. a good coach um you know i don't see them being the i see them being more of a single wing type team because the quarterback they brought in was kind of a big kid uh, more of a downhill running, I don't running kind of team. I don't, I don't see them throwing the ball like they have in the past. Um, I could be wrong, but um, they're still going to be good. Um, and it's turned in. It's our new Clinch County, right? Um, and uh, you know, what's funny to me is, uh, I guess it would have been about 2018. Um, Coach Nobles scheduled Brooks for our preseason scrimmages. Yep, you, you remember, I remember that? that I do. And and so I asked, I I understood scrimmaging them because they're good. And it kind of the iron sharpens iron thing again. 
So, so me and Coach Nobles were talking one day in the field house. And I said, well, I understand us scheduling Brooks because, this, you know, they're good. And it kind of, you kind of get to see where you stand. And he made the comment. He said, well, we're going to wind up together one day. So he was setting it up. He saw it, he saw it coming. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was awesome. But, uh, yeah, Brooks is, um, you know, uncharacteristically, they got put out in the first round of the playoffs last year. That was a shock. By, it really was by Blakely County. Um, I think it was ten to seven, um, but uh, they'll be back. Coach Freeman will have them ready. Yeah, one thing you can guarantee about that game, it is going to be physical. There oh, is no doubt. There's going to be some hitting in that game. You better bring your lunchbox because it's going to be it's going to be an all nighter. I look forward to that game. Uh, I can't wait. Coming up after that on November or I'm sorry, October the twenty seventh. The week of Halloween, or the week Friday night before Halloween, we get to make the trip to Early County. Now, last year we had him at home. I know I'm not looking forward to that one either. Last year at home, we beat them 42 to 18. But I don't know about you, but I walked away impressed with Early County in that game. I really thought I was like they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. You know, and and I said the same thing coming back. Uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law lived down in Early County. You actually, you got to meet him at the game. I remember that, yes. Um, but, uh, you know, so some of the kids that, that played went to their church and, you know, their church was involved. And I think they feed them and do stuff like that. And, um, you know, when, when early definitely passed the eye test. And then you get out there and you're like, you know what? These guys aren't that bad. And I left there feeling the same way you just described. Um, I was like, well, these guys, there's a good chance they could win Division One. Now, granted, let's be honest, they don't belong down there numbers-wise because they're bigger than we are. Um, and actually, funny story, when, when the reclassification took place, they were actually slated to be in our region. It was going to be um, us, Brooks, Pelham, Bacon, Early. And uh, then at the very last meeting that the GHSA had, they petitioned to move down, which that meeting was not supposed to be for that. Um, it was supposed to be um, only if you wanted to swap regions, like from one to the other because of travel. But they allowed them to petition to move classifications. So, uh, but anyway, so they, they moved down and I, I left that game um, like, hey, you know, I think they can win D1. And they they lost to Bowden. They were beating Bowden by like two or three touchdowns. Um, and of course, Bowden come back and beat them, and Bowden wound up winning the state championship. But uh, you know, uh, early tough. That's the third time we played them. Um, we played them the first year Coach Nobles was here. We tied them seven to seven here. Um, the second year we went down there. We tied them seven to seven again. That game got called at halftime because of storms. Um, so last year was only our third time playing them. Hmm. I was not aware of that. That's an uh, interesting piece of history there, uh, tying them seven to seven twice. I, I think this year, you know, there we, we do, we've got to make some long road trips. We're going to have to, we're, I mean, again, we're on the road to Dooley. We're on the road to Metter. We're on the road to Swainsboro, on the road to Pelham at early. And then we end the season 
on November 3rd at Bacon County. Last year, Bacon comes here. Wasn't much of a football game. 66-7 to on the last yeah. senior night. You know, Bacon, um, Bacon used to be in our region many years ago. And um, as a matter of fact, when, when Coach Lindsey was here, they were in our region. And um, so, uh, you know, Bacon's just, you know, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if, I don't know with, with Douglas being on one side of them, if maybe some of their athletes go to Douglas, go to coffee, or um, I don't know. Now, baseball, generally, they're pretty good at baseball. Uh, softball, they're pretty good at softball. Um, football kind of up and down, up and down, but their ups are never really way up. Their ups are like six and four. Um, Berrien, Berrien kind of the same way. Um, you know, Berrien will have a good football season. Berrien had a good football season last year, went to the playoffs, but, um, Bacon just, there's something with football that they just never can get over that hump. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's going to be a really interesting season. We've got a tough schedule once again. We've got to make a lot of road trips. But one thing that I know about Indian Nation, they will show up. I know we've got some long trips, but I, I fully expect to see the visitor stands full every place we go. That's just how Irwin Indian people are. They, they, they love their tribe, and, man, they show up. And they are loud and proud, and we're excited about it. This year, again, as we referenced a little while ago, we got the red and white game coming up. Then we actually kick off the preseason this year. We'll have Schley at home, and if you didn't make the trip to Schley last year, you're going to see a pretty good football team. They're going to show up, and they've got some dudes. They absolutely do. A um, couple D1 kids, don't couple they? A couple D1 kids. One was a defensive end slash running back, and the other one was a receiver, I believe. Um, yeah, receiver DB. The kid that was running back slash linebacker, I think he also doubled as a Marvel stunt double. That kid was put together, and I think he was just in 10th grade last year. Good-looking kid. Yeah, they told her, they said one was in the 10th and one was in the 11th. Yeah. Um, you know, Sly, Sly likes to run the spread offense and throw the ball around a little bit. Um, I think we beat him 28-14. to 14. Now, granted, it was a scrimmage. Um, but, but, you know, I, we had several, I think, DeMarcus – um didn't play the majority of the scrimmage shane played a little bit more than demarcus um and uh so you know and, and the crazy thing about this year versus last year was that there's question marks there's question marks coming into each season right um last year our question marks were on the lines of scrimmage the year before we had lost just about all our offensive linemen defensive linemen um, you know, and, and, and so your question marks lied there coming into last season. Well, this season is the complete opposite. And, you know, our lines are going to be our stability, our, our returners. It's quarterback. Of course, Cody's out, uh, Snyder, uh, Luke in, um, Howell will back him up. I'm assuming that's what the depth chart looks like. And, um, you know, Luke, Luke is going to be fine. He's just got to get his feet wet. Um, you know, DeMarcus is out. He graduated. Shane will be back in the backfield. Uh, 
Ronnie Sanders, who I thought was, was going to be that that guy. Of course, his family moves um, down to Valdosta. And um, so we got to replace that. Um, you know, your, your, your wing back, and my understanding is that Bubba Walters is going to play a good bit of that. Um, the biggest thing, maybe bigger than that, is your receivers. We lost everybody that, minus Brody and Bubba, um, we lost everybody else that caught a pass last year. We sure did. Uh, we have, we're, there, there are some key positions. And by the way, not only did those guys who caught passes graduate, and man, just real quick, what a career for Cody Soliday. Yes. What a career for Mason Snyder. What a career for Malachi Haddon. What a career for Bo Payne. I mean, that's some production. Those guys produced. You didn't just lose receivers. Those guys played both ways. You right. had Malachi and Bo also playing corners. So right. you lost two really good cornerbacks. And so we lost some playmaker, playmakers. Cody, of course, made plays not just with his arm, but oftentimes with his legs, bailed us out of some spots when he had to just take off and run. We do have a lot of production to replace. I, I, I'm like you. I have confidence in our coaching staff. I have confidence in the kids. I think that from a just a physical standpoint, if it if it's um, Luke Snyder, who we assume it would be at quarterback, I've seen him throw. He he can make the throws. It's just going to be a matter of getting in. And there's a different. Listen, we both know there is a difference from JV to varsity. The speed yes. of the game is yes. faster. The playbook is bigger. You're you're under the lights, the crowds are larger. There's a lot of things to deal with. I think, you know, from a quarterback position, Luke's fully capable. Trust trust them, trust the process. We're going to be young at the skill position. I think it's going to be, again, one of those things where, as the season goes on, we get more snaps underneath these kids' belts. I think you will see this team early, probably have some growing pains, which is okay. You want to hit stride at the right time. I believe that these kids, by the time we reach the end of the season, I think we will be hitting our stride. We do get Brody Suggs back at tight end. That'll be great. I, I think I'm, I'm not exactly sure. You know, we don't have an official depth chart. But listen, there's some kids that, I mean, we've got the, the Zay Paynes. We've got the Tyons. We've got, there's a new kid transferred in from Tifton who's going to you're going to see a lot on both sides of the ball I think I think I think the pieces are there the where I draw comfort from and I think you do 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 too Bill is football games are won on the lines of scrimmage yes I will take our offensive line and our defensive line I'll take them into battle every day of the week we're going to be I think we have the chance to be extremely good on the lines of scrimmage this year. Which is, like I said earlier, was our big question mark uh, coming into last year. And, um, you know, one of the things, and, and I, this just popped across my mind, and I, I can't let this go without saying it. How about Elijah Fears yesterday? Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yes. Unbelievable. Yes. Um, got baptized yesterday. And um, I, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I see the picture. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is what it's about. 
100%. This is what it's about. And 100%. if you hadn't seen it, go to the Osceola Baptist um, Facebook page. Um, great kid. Um, didn't really get to know him a whole lot last year. Um, of course, that was his first year here. Um, got to watch him play, but didn't really have a lot of personal interaction with him. Because um, he was kind of like a, you know, a fish out of water. He was in a new place, getting to know people, getting 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 accommodated but but anyway um you know i met him in the hallway um after he got baptized i was working security in the back and um and i met him in the hallway and shook his hand congratulations you know yes sir thank you you know and i kind of asked how's ball going and stuff like that super respectful kid great um, kid great got, kid. You, got, you, you can't help but pull for somebody like that has a smile that'll light up a room always has a positive attitude always very respectful and he is a good-looking athlete. He, I had a friend of mine text me yesterday, last night as a matter of fact. He said, did you baptize a D1 guy the other day? And I said, he's 10th going into 11th grade. He'll be a junior this year. He's a rising junior. He, I don't know if he'll be D1 or not. He might be, but I tell you what, he is a powerful young man. He's a big young man, uh, explosive. Yes. He's, he's still raw. Yes. He's. Uh, he's still, his his ceiling is. I was going to say, I think his ceiling is very, very high. Um, and the thing about it is, it seems just knowing his personality, that he's willing to learn. Okay, he wants me. to get better. Yeah. Well, this year, I mean, speaking of him, the D-line this year, you got, you got him. Michael Joyner. Michael Joyner. You got Brody Suggs is going to play. You've got. Malachi, is it Malachi? Ulysses. Well, you got Ulysses, Ulysses but they're going to move him to Ulysses is Ma moving Mal inside. Yeah, Malachi. big Malachi. Big Malachi. Big Malachi. That those those guys right there, those four guys right there can make some noise. Yes. And we've got some depth behind those. We got some young guys coming up. But yes, Ulysses last year was playing end. They're moving him to middle linebacker. I like that. He's athletic. He is athletic. He's big. Again, there's, he, he doesn't have a whole lot of snaps playing linebacker. As the season goes on, he will, get, he, he will get better at that position, and I love having him there. We're going to have some speed on the outside with Tyon and Bubba Walters, I right. think, are, are projected to be the two outside backers. I think our defense, we get the back end settled in. I, I think you're going to see Zay Payne at one corner. I'm trying. Oh, you'll Jakean. see Jakean, who is a veteran. He'll be a senior this year at the other corner. I like our corners. At safety, Paul Moffitt's going to be back there, I believe. And then okay. you're going to have uh, Trez is going to be back there. Forgot about him. Trez can fly. Yeah. Uh, Trez is a – and Trez will hit you. I mean, he's he's not the biggest guy on the planet. But I'm telling you, Trez will come in and he will, he will stick a hat on you. We're going to – I think our defense has a chance to be really, really good. Has a chance to be really, really good. You know, we were talking about quarterback a while ago, um, which is really your area of expertise. You've had two sons that played the position, so right. you kind of know the intricate details of footwork and release and all that kind of good stuff. A, a lineman like me, we just know, hey, don't let nobody hit him. Yeah, and don't throw it away to the other team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, yeah, and... It, Another thing that we're going to have to attack, we lost our kicker, Evan Rossi, graduated. He was a weapon, by the way. 
Um, 46-yarder, I believe, or 43-yarder, something like that toward the end of the season. And I would venture a guess that 50% of his kickoffs went in the end zone. Yes. From a field position standpoint, that is so big in high school football. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I don't know if Driscoll's kicking this year, if he's back or. I don't think Driscoll's back. I, I, so I don't know who's going to be. I don't know kicking. Either. I don't know. Um, you know, this is where we miss somebody like David Vaughn, who reaches down on the soccer team and, and grabs somebody to well, come and yeah, kick. Yeah. Well, I tell you, <clears throat> um, I, I have a lot of faith in Coach, Coach Fletcher on that. He. Oh yeah. He developed, he took Evan Ross as a young guy, developed him, and Evan's leg strength, I mean, just increased every year. He became a better kicker every year. How no team gave him a serious look is beyond me. I, I think the kid can play. He's a good athlete, too. Yep. and uh, He's another receiver we lost catches from. That's right. So, you know, that's that's going to be a position to fill, but... um. You know, it's every year, and we have this conversation, me and the coaches, when I sit down to do the coaches' shows. Um, every year, each team takes on its own identity. Sometimes it takes a team halfway through the year to develop an identity. Some teams right off the bat. Sometimes it's at the end of the year. Um, you know, and just, just going back real quick, reflecting, you know, the first year that, that Coach Knowles here, 2014, we had Ja'Kyron Young and a bunch of them. That that team's identity was a big flash and dash. It was big plays. Um, you know, 2015, the next year, it was blue collar. It was three yards in a cloud of dust when we had DJ Pollard. Um, you know, and we've had some other teams that's been flash and dash, and we've had some other teams that's been blue collar. Um, you know, and, you know, I think last year's team was pretty even keel. Um, you know, I, I thought that we did a lot of things well. Uh, I can't point and say, for me, this guy by far was our best player. Right. Um, you know, and and just on the outside looking in, I think we're going to have a lot of this. I think this is going to be a blue-collar team. I agree. Um, I, I, I just up front can't think of anybody that I can say, look, this guy is going to be – Head, shoulders, waist, and knees above everybody else. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, because it's a lot of the, a lot of the unknown. You know, people on the street ask me, you know, what do you think about this year's team? And the exact answer I give them is, you know, I think it's going to be a lot like last year's team. Um, I think we have an opportunity to be pretty good. I think we're going to have some growing pains, like you said earlier, um, especially at the skill positions. But um, I said, once once they get their feet wet, um, I, I said, I think we have a chance to be like last year. And, and depending on how much they develop, we might have the opportunity to be a little better than we were last year. Yeah. I think that we're probably going to, you know, depend on our strengths, lean on our strengths, which is the line of scrimmage. I think that that's going to be uh, a source of strength for us this year. And again, what we don't know because of the lack of snaps that we have on a varsity level from our skill positions outside of Shane Marshall, I think what we're going to see is a, I have a feeling we're going to have some kids right now who we may, they may not be a Irwin County household name yet, right. but by the end of the season, 
I fully expect that there will be some of these kids that are going to step up and make some be some be be a playmaker for us that maybe we weren't expecting. But I'm looking forward to the season. I I, I can't wait to get football started. I know that that's where where many of us are at. I, I will say this: we are our our team, our program is in good hands. We have a great coaching staff. There's been continuity, consistency. We replaced one this year, Coach Dennard from yes. Wilcox County. We're going to have him on, hopefully, coming up soon. I do want to remind you all, if if you would, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and do that for us. That way, every week, whether you listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it'll automatically come to your phone. You can listen to the content every week. Next week, we will have Coach Saladay on, and hopefully... Bill, we could get maybe a couple of our players. Maybe we could get some of our guys that are going to be veterans coming back. And uh, it'd be a way for us to maybe do almost like an SEC media days for our Irwin County fans where they could hear not only from the head coach, but also from the players. So we'll have that coming up next week. But again, if you'll go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, you'll get our content every week. We would love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or things you would like for us to cover, you can you can email me if you like, billy at osillabaptist.org. Hopefully in the not too distant future, we'll have a way for you to communicate with us on a, a more consistent basis. Maybe we'll have a way for you to interact through a podcast or if we ever decide to do YouTube, uh, we may do that down the road as well. With that said, I, I do wanna just make a real quick segue. We're gonna take, we're gonna rapid fire. Here's gonna be our rapid fire session for the day. As we know, not only is high school football getting ready to begin, but we have SEC football that is getting ready to begin. Recently, they have released, several publications have released, I'm going by on threes. Uh, they have released over-unders for the SEC this year. So, Bill, we're going to rapid fire here. I'm just going to give you the teams. I'll, I'll maybe quickly go over their schedules, shoot through their schedules, and then I'll give you the number, and then you and I will both pick the over or under and then we'll go back, because we're recording this, we'll be able to go back at the end of the season, see how we did. And again, for those of you who are listeners, if you would like to weigh in on this as well, again, you can send that to us. And at the end of the year, who knows, maybe we'll do, uh, if, if we get a winner, maybe maybe we'll give out a prize. Let's Maybe we'll give out a, a couple gift certificates to some of our local eating establishments as a prize. So let's, uh, let's go with it, Bill. We're going to start at the bottom, the very team that they predict to finish with the least amount of wins is the Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, no surprise there, I don't guess. Vander, but uh, Vanderbilt didn't improve last year. But let me give you Vanderbilt's schedule real quick. Vanderbilt's schedule, and by the way, the over-under is three and a half. So let's think about that as you hear their schedule. They begin with Hawaii, Alabama A&M, at Wake Forest, at UNLV. Then they get into SEC play. They have Kentucky, Missouri, Florida, Georgia, at Ole Miss, Auburn, at South Carolina, at Tennessee. What you got? Three and a half. I hate the halves. I do too. Um, uh, over. Okay. Over. I'm going to go with the over two. They, obviously, they beat my beloved Gators last year. Um, I don't think they'll do it again this year. Well, I don't. I hope not. I think they I will win an not. SEC game. <laughs> I think they'll win one. Yeah, I I, I agree with. And, but they did. I, I feel like last year Vanderbilt really did improve as the season went along. 
I'm going to, I'm with you. I'm going to take the over. All right. Next team up. <laughs> Speaking of the Gators, the, the SEC, the, the, those people out there who predict these things <laughs> on three predicts Florida to be the second worst team in the SEC. They have Florida at a five and a half over under. Now, the reason for that, I completely understand Florida's schedule this year is not for the faint of heart. Let me read that to you. They begin at Utah, who is probably going to be a top 10, certainly top 15 preseason team. McNeese State, Tennessee at home, at or no, after Tennessee, Charlotte, then at Kentucky, Vanderbilt at home, at South Carolina, then Georgia in Jacksonville, then they get Arkansas at home, at LSU, at Missouri, Florida State. That is a tough schedule. Florida is sitting at five and a half over under. What you got, Bill? Oh, I'm going to say under. Okay. I'm going to say under. I know, you know, Napier, this will be his second year. Um, gosh, I, I would say over if they had a couple of those away games at home and Utah was not on the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Utah is going to be – they're they're gonna they're they're re, they're ready for some get back and payback from last year. They lost that game last year on the last play of the game. They threw a pick in the end zone. Cam right. Rising is a, a great quarterback. Now, I'm gonna take the over. Might be my orange and blue glasses that I have on. <laughs> I, I think that the obvious ones: McNeese State, Charlotte, Vanderbilt. I hope is a win. Missouri, it's at Missouri, but I'm going to count that as a win. Now, those are the four. Outside of that, I, I don't see an, a guaranteed win. But I am not drinking the Tennessee Kool-Aid yet. I am not a big believer in Joe Milton. I think he is a, I think he's Anthony Richardson 2.0. I think he's an incredible, crazy athlete. I'm not sure that he's as proficient of a passer as the quarterback they had last year. I'm not drinking the Tennessee Kool-Aid. We get them at home. Um, and I, I, I just think at some point, Kentucky, you got you to gotta beat them. I, I, Kentucky suddenly has Florida's number. And then, um, I don't know, Florida drummed South Carolina last year. Absolutely yeah. drummed them. And then turned around and lost to Vanderbilt the next week. And then South Carolina goes on to beat, in consecutive weeks, Clemson and Tennessee crazy deal. All right, next next team up, Auburn Tigers at six and a half is the over under there. Auburn is uh, Auburn schedule UMass at Cal, Samford at Texas A&M, Georgia at LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State at Vanderbilt, at Arkansas, New Mexico State, and then the big one to end the year, uh, they get Bama at home. No, I don't know if that matters or not, but they're sitting at six and a half. What you got? Under. I am going to agree with you and go under on Auburn. They will always lose a game that they were supposed to win. I like the hire of Hugh Freeze. I mm -hmm. think he will get them going in the right direction. Year one will be tough. They they have a tough, uh, just being in the West, SEC West is right. tough. There's not many easy games there. All right, next up, Mississippi State. They're also sitting at six and a half. Mississippi State this year, real quick to go over their schedule. Uh, Southeastern Louisiana, 
Arizona, LSU at home, at South Carolina, Bama at home, Western Michigan. I think that's the fighting Jim McElwain's. Yes. Or no, it was he's Central Michigan. I think he's Central Michigan. Central Michigan. Yeah, he's yeah, Central. yeah, yeah. Um, at Arkansas, at Auburn, Kentucky at home, at Texas A&M, Southern Miss at home, Ole Miss at home, on Thanksgiving. Under. I am going to take the under as well. Uh, let's go Kentucky Wildcats. They are six, sitting at six and a half as well. Kentucky schedule this year. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, at Vandy, Florida. They get Florida at home. At Georgia, Missouri at home, Tennessee at home, at Mississippi State. Bama at home, at South Carolina, and they end the season at Louisville. <coughs> and it's six, six, six and a half. I'll say over. <coughs> All right, six and a half. Uh, Bill's going to take the over. I will take the over as well. You have to appreciate what Stoops has done at Kentucky. Next up, South Carolina, the Fighting Beamers. Yep. They are also sitting at six and a half. South Carolina's schedule this year really quickly is – uh, North Carolina to start the season, Furman at Georgia, Mississippi State at home, at Tennessee, Florida at home, at Missouri, at Texas A&M, Jacksonville State at home, Vanderbilt at home, Kentucky at home, Clemson at home. And it's one day six. Six and a half. I think that's. I think that one can go either way. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say under. I'm going to go with the under as well. I'm going to go with the under as well. How about the Texas A&M Aggies? They are sitting at seven and a half for their, uh, for their over under. They get New Mexico at Miami, the Canes, Louisiana Monroe, Auburn at home. They go to Arkansas. Bama at home, at Tennessee, South Carolina at home, at Ole Miss, Mississippi State at home, Abilene Christian, and then at LSU. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. They always underperform, so I'm going to go under. They do over. They, they do every year. And now let's not forget, they had like – According to some, a couple years ago, one of the greatest recruiting classes in history. I think it was just two recruiting classes ago. Yeah. But I think a lot of those have left the program, too. We'll see. Arkansas Razorbacks also sitting at 7.5. Arkansas schedule this year. Western Carolina at home. Kent used to be Kent State. I guess it's just Kent now at home. BYU at home. At LSU. Texas A&M in Arlington. At Ole Miss, at Alabama, Mississippi State at home, at Florida, Auburn at home, FIU at home, and Missouri at home to end the season. I'm taking the under on that one. I think I'm going to go over. Over. Give them a little prop. Over for the backs. Okay. Ole Miss also sitting at seven and a half. The fighting Lane Kiffins. Yes. Uh, he seems to create a stir everywhere he goes, but he is an offensive genius. Uh, all right. 
So they're sitting at seven and a half. Ole Miss's schedule for the year. Mercer, that'd be a great game for Mercer. Mercer, yeah. they get Mercer at home. At Tulane, Ooh. Georgia Tech Ooh. at home. At Bama, LSU at home. Arkansas at home. At Auburn, Vandy at home. Texas A&M at home. At Georgia Louisiana Monroe at home and at Mississippi State. They're sitting at seven and a half under. All right. Bill's going to take the under on Ole Miss. I'll take the over. I'm, I'm going to give them eight wins this year. We'll see. All right. LSU Tigers. They're, they have a lot of chatter this yes. year going into, uh, going into the regular season. Whether or not you like Kelly, the guy can coach. And LSU always, always, always has – Tons of athletes. Yep. They're sitting at nine and a half for Ooh. the season. So let's take a look at LSU schedule. We'll give the over under. Uh, let's see. They, are, they open the season now in Orlando against Florida State on a uh, Sunday night. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. Grambling at home at Mississippi State, Arkansas at home, at Ole Miss, at Missouri, Auburn at home, Army at home. At Alabama, Florida at home, Georgia State at home, Texas A&M at home. I'm going to go over. I'm taking the over as well. I got them with maybe 10 or 11 wins, and if the, if depending on how that Bama game goes, could be could be more. They, they could be in the playoff hunt. Tennessee, Volunteers, sitting at nine and a half. I think I've already kind of uh, – <laughs> Giving away my prediction there. I am not drinking the orange Kool-Aid. Um, it, it was good when they had it at McDonald's, but I'm not drinking it this year. Uh, September 2nd, they open up the season with Virginia in Nashville. Hmm. Austin P at home hmm. at Florida. UT San Antonio at home. South Carolina at home. Texas A&M at home. At Bama. At Kentucky, UConn at home, at Missouri, Georgia at home, Vandy at home. I'm taking the under. I'm going to take the under on that, too. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat that you are. Um, big hype last year, and they weren't a bad team last year. I just don't know. This ain't last year. Yeah. And now, listen, Heupel's going to put points up. The guy, he knows what he's doing on offense. There's just a difference. The trick, the guy that pulls the trigger, his offense is set up with quarterbacks. I mean, it's that RPO system. Quarterbacks have to make quick decisions at the line of scrimmage. Am I, am I handing this thing off or am I pulling it and throwing it? You better be able to throw an accurate ball. Now, they put a lot of pressure on you. I, again, he may prove me wrong. They, Tennessee may win 12 games. I, I have no idea, but. I'm just not, I'm not buying it. Alabama Crimson Tide. We got two teams left. Alabama has an over/under of ten and a half. Alabama schedule this year open with Middle Tennessee, Texas, which is going to be a great football game. Mm -hmm. They get Texas at home, at South Florida, Ole Miss at home, Mississippi State. They're at Mississippi State. I don't think that matters. At Texas A&M, Arkansas at home, Tennessee at home. LSU at home, at Kentucky, 
UT Chattanooga at Auburn. I'm taking the over with Bama. I'm going to go under. Okay. And, I, and, I, and I'll tell you why. Good. They have the same um, problem, if you will, that Tennessee's got. Mm. But Alabama really don't know who their quarterback's going to be right. right now. And Bryce Young was special. Uh, he was. And, you know, I can see some of the luster falling off of Alabama. Um, and, and, and it's not one and lost records. It's just the eye test. Knowing what you used to see out of Alabama versus what you see now. The style of play, the type of play, the quality of play. Um, well, you know, years ago, Saban was stockpiling all the five stars. I mean, they were dominating the recruiting landscape. Well, Kirby Smart got to Georgia, and he changed that in a hurry. Well, and he knew how the playbook was written. Exactly. And this is just a theory of mine. I don't think Bama's been the same since Kirby left. How much of Saban's success was due to Kirby? Now, obviously, Saban is a phenomenal. Absolutely. He's a phenomenal coach. He's a phenomenal program guy. But they just haven't been that same physical team since Kirby left. And Georgia has been. That's been Georgia's calling card. And they are up last. They are at 11 and a half. Uh, I don't know if you can set the over-under high enough for them. Let's go over Georgia's schedule. And this is not me as a Gator fan taking a shot at Georgia. But this schedule. <laughs> UT Martin at home. Ball State at home. South Carolina at home. UAB at home. At Auburn. Kentucky at home. At Vanderbilt. Florida and Jacksonville. Missouri at home. Ole Miss at home. At Tennessee, that's the game. That's the game on the schedule that it might be, depending on how Ole Miss is and where they're at at that point in the season, might be their only ranked team that they play this year. And then they're at Georgia Tech. If you set it at 12 and a half, I'm still taking the over. Well, you know. I guess 11 and a half, they play 12 games, so I guess you could set it at 12 and a half. But, man, I'm just still taking the over. This year, you know, this was to be the year that Georgia played Oklahoma. They had Oklahoma on the schedule. And right. Then when Oklahoma was invited or they come to the SEC, the SEC made Georgia axe that series. Which is goofy to me because they did not make Alabama axe Texas. So why the double standard? I don't know. But right. But again. Yeah. Um, but this was to be the year, that the, the, the first of two years right. that they played them. And I want to say it is Ball State that took their place, I think. Yeah. Um, but but regardless, you know, I, I've read stuff. Uh, I'm an iron sharpens iron. I like to see Georgia play Oregon last year. Right. Um, you know, and, and Clemson, mm -hmm. and, and, and you, you want to see those games. And, you know, there's been so many um, articles that I've read, and, and not necessarily dealing with Georgia, but dealing with your Power Five schools, um, your Georgias, your Alabamas, your Floridas, Ohio States, Michigans about them playing soft schedules and I get it. I get the articles and there's some I agree with, but at the same time, who would have thought Appalachian State was going to beat Michigan several years ago? Yep. That's one thing you gotta love about college football. Who would have thought Appalachian State was going to beat Texas A and M was it last year or year before last? Yeah, year before I think. at Texas A and M. Yeah. Um, you know, so there are those stories, are they far and few between? Absolutely. 
but at the same time, they do happen. Yeah. Um, You've had the Coastal Carolinas recently. Right. UT San Antonio had a great run a couple years ago to Lane's. There's, there's going to be some teams that come out of nowhere and surprise you. Well, you know, who, who thought Georgia was going to lose to South Carolina a few years ago right. in Athens? Right. Um, or Vanderbilt right. in Athens. Um, so, you know, there's always a propensity for that for that yeah. upset. But, you know, and speaking of, I, I, I never did answer the over-under question. You know, I think that Tennessee will be their only test. Um, the only thing that worries me about Tennessee being a Georgia fan is is being in Knoxville. Um, as far as team versus team, that doesn't worry me as much as just the the place. You know, home field advantage can can be huge. It can be, and Knoxville is a tough place to play. They have a lot of fans up there. They're they're wild and crazy, and they'll pack it in. That's a big stadium. Well, it's been a great first episode. We again. Hit the subscribe button. Make sure that you um, subscribe to the podcast. That way you can get the updates every week. Bill, looking forward to a great season. We can't wait to next week have Coach Soliday. Hopefully a couple players. And as the season goes, listen, we got softball kicking off. They got a game the first day of school as well as our high school football team. Softball team's going to be really good this year, I think. I think we got a chance to compete for the region title. I I know Bacon's going to be sitting there again and going to be very good. But looking forward to uh, the softball season, and hopefully, hopefully we can get um, we can get Coach on board, and maybe we can get him on the podcast. Uh, great, uh, he he's been a great addition to the Irwin County family, um, and uh, maybe we can get a couple of their student athletes on as well as we get ready to. You know, I talked to a guy from from uh, from Coffee the other day. They had come over and scrimmaged us in softball, and um, we know each other, and we have a softball background history together. And he, he told us, he said, man, we come here and scrimmage y'all the other day. He said, man, y'all, 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 y'all are going to be pretty good. Yeah. And I said, well, they should be because this is that group. Yep. The, the, this, is, this is the group that um, a couple of years ago um, we won the uh, middle school conference championship with the first one ever yeah. that they had won. Um, and, and, you know, so this is that group. They're all 9th, 10th, and 11th graders now. You have a few 8th graders that will be behind them to come up. But, um, the, and I say the group, I'm not trying to leave out any other grade. Right. But, but this has been done, the group, the ninth, yep. 10th, 11th graders. Yep. Um, and they're pretty special. And um, They're going to be good for several years. Yeah, I, I think we're going to yeah. see good things out of them. Yeah, and I think there's a great group of middle school 8th graders that are right behind them. So, I mean, it's, it's going to keep, I think it's going to keep going for, for a few years. Also, you know, cheerleading will get started. Competition yes. cheer will get started. Yeah. Um, Coach uh, Anna Howell and, and her staff just had the uh, cheer camp out at the gym. Yep, that was uh, a big hit. And it was, it was. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I actually heard some people at church yesterday talking about, uh, it was actually Jared, and then some of those were talking about how they enjoyed it, how their kids enjoyed it, how, you know, organized and all it was. So, you know, competition cheer will be coming up. And, of course, like you said earlier, we'll move into uh, – as the seasons progress, we'll move into basketball and we'll move into soccer and baseball, uh, baseball, cross country, tennis, track, uh, track, and um, man, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be good times, man. Good. Yeah, times. absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll we'll uh, we'll look forward to having you guys tune in next week as we get ready to play games against other teams that aren't us. So that'll be an exciting day. And as we get ready to kick off the new school year. You guys be sure to lift our teachers and students and administration up in your prayers. And you guys have a great week. And again, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe.